Welcome to The Lunch Table, where real friends who are real pastors having real conversations you may or may not have said out loud once you've left The Lunch Table. We are so excited because we are at IA Summit, and the best part of this is the special guest that we've got to have on in person, sitting with us at the lunch table, is Chip Taylor, a big part of our lives, a big reason why this podcast is happening, because of how he has inspired us and leaders and future generations, and honestly, if it wasn't for IA Retreat and IA Summit and understanding a bigger picture of ministry beyond just my own uh, selfishness and that kind of thing of my own ministry. I don't know if I would be here today. Chip, welcome to the podcast. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh man, thanks for having me, man. I'm so excited about what you guys are doing. Love being with you. You guys are my some of my greatest friends on the planet are in this uh, at this IA Summit, and uh, it's a joy uh, to be here. I'm a student pastor. I uh, come out of Fountain Hills, Arizona. I also get the privilege of being the IA director, uh, and uh, we're looking forward to hanging out with you guys right now. Uh, Chip, what? When you're at this summit and you get to hang out with leaders, some leaders are older like Nate and some are... <laughs> and some are not. <laughs> some are great and everything. What's, what's Some are great and then there's Matt. <laughs> Chip, what is your favorite part of getting to hang out with leaders like this, brand new to veterans at an, at an Intern Academy Summit? Yeah, my favorite part is that no matter how long we've been part we come back together it's right in and it's authentic and it's yeah. pure and it's safe and uh, I trust the people that are here I know that uh, by being here uh, this is a place I can be real and uh, these people have helped me through some dark times mm. and I also get a chance to help someone else through some dark times so it's life on life it's the most Jesus-centered biblical-centered thing I get to be a part of yeah, I, I think for me too, like like that kind of stuff is the stuff that um, really makes these trips and like these uh, these things that we do together as a as a team and really as a family, um, like like worth it. Um, you know, having um, some of the people that um, have invested in me the most, you know, as a pastor and even just as a friend, like as a brother in Christ, like um, like to be around them and and invest back in other people and have them continue investing in my life and just speaking truth into me as I get to do the same with others like um, it's just something you can't replace and like and, and it's so necessary that I feel like um, sometimes you know it's easy to forget and um, and like I know there's other pastors that I know that are part of things that I'm like <laughs> trying to help them find things like this or you know or even like invite them into this kind of stuff like hey like there's more out there you know and they're like like drowning and, and like sometimes they just don't take the raft but like um, you know, it's, it's so, so important for us to be able to, um, you know, have a place like this as, as a ministry leader. That's huge. Um, so truth be told, not just saying this because Chip is here. We've said this, you know, on previous episodes. Um, this podcast literally exists because of the culture of IA. Um, literally conversations we would have with each other at IA Retreat on the van rides, the truck rides, you yeah. know, bus rides, whatever we took. I don't think we took any of those. But um, <laughs> literally, like, boats. <laughs> on, on the airplanes. Okay, airplanes. Scooter trip with what, what a leap. Pastor to already embellish his stories. <laughs> we're still, we're still like making a lot of transparency we're talking about. So, so if it wasn't for IA and the lunch table, we would uh, believe that story. Um, but yeah, so. Next year's retreat, how to tell the truth. <laughs> oh, 
I'm not coming here. My ministry is over. Um, but uh, right. as long as you show up on your hoverboard, we'll be all right. <laughs> our, our Ubers and cruise ships. But like literally, um, these conversations, you know, um, um, the the twos and the froms and deering, um, and literally being a safe place. Um, now I, I will say, man, God has gifted me. Um, I have so many people in my life to where um, I'm able to be poured into a ton, but the majority of conversations we've had is that people on the islands, people don't have someone to talk to, people can't be real, uh, you gotta put your ministry, you know, clothes on and be safe, and literally um, the culture of IA is what this lunch table is about, to where we can be honest, we can be real. Now, with this podcast, we do get the word out, and people, we want people to hear these stories because we believe they'll have an impact, but um, that's why... Being here at this summit, um, and, and I will say this as a plug, you you would get out of being here in person more than you'll even get just listening to this podcast because there is more ministry time, but more important than that, relational time to where we truly talk to each other, let loose, and have a good time. Yeah, the leaders here just get it. Yeah, they live it. They, they live it. It's their life. They get it, and that's, I think that's my favorite part. But Chip, you, you um, have a passion for interns, and you get to work with a lot of young leaders who are trying to figure out you know, youth ministry, non-for-profit ministry, lead pastor ministry. Um, you get to work with a lot of these leaders. What advice are you giving these uh, men and women who are, let's say, with, still within their first five years of ministry? What, what is the thing that you know they need to know in order to have the strong foundation to make it the long, the long run? Yeah, I mean, I love the, the look in their eye. Those first couple years or when they're off to take their first position, they kind of think they have it all figured out, you know, right? Like we all did, we all thought, man, I'm, I'm gonna slay this. I really know how to do ministry. I actually know better than they've been doing it. And so they're really gonna be impressed with me. And uh, a, lot of, a lot of leaders like myself, you go into that new place and you, whatever your job title is, you think, I have to do all these things. So if I'm a youth pastor, I'm going to have a student leadership team and volunteers and go on mission trips and, 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 and have fundraisers and special events and outreach and be on campus. And I'm going to coach at the high school. And, right, and there's all these things that maybe a ministry you grew out of or just what you've seen is that's what it looks like. And that could be for whatever position, ministry, church ministry based or nonprofit based. We, we have ideas of what it looks like. And everybody's so eager to do the stuff. But I think the most important thing in the first five years is to be, not to do. Mm. That especially today, people buy into leaders, not things. They buy into leaders and not strategies, not programs, uh, uh, not uh, uh, stuff that we do. But we're all focused on the doing. I remember talking to a, a young leader. He's really sharp, just terrific. Come right out of college, and he said to me, and he uh, we sat over across uh, coffee about nine months after he got started. And uh, he's sitting across the table from me and he's like, I, I'm gonna quit, I can't do it. Mm. And I'm like, why? He goes, I'm just trying, I can't do it. And he started listing off all the things he had tried to implement in nine months. And I just said to him, dude, I'm exhausted just listening <laughs> to that. Like, I, I, I'm tired too, I'm gonna quit with you because I can't even hear all that stuff. And I'm like, dude, I've been doing this 20 years now. Wow. You're nine months. Like, just start slow and realize that people don't really care about all your stuff. They don't care about your programs, whether you have a podcast or, 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 you know, or whether you're even this great gifted communicator. Just be relational with people. Spend time with people. Take people out to lunch. Ask them what they value. Invite them into your home. Go into their home. Go to their kids' ball games and just be with people. And if you're with people 
and you're working hard, they will eventually follow you. And then whatever the stuff that you add will have a greater chance of succeeding because you already have the buy-in of the people. It's hard to go slow because you're 22 or 23 and you want to do all this stuff. But the, uh, and you have all these ideas. But the ideas are not what creates long-haul ministry. It's the people and the relationships. And, and that, that to me is one of the things I see the most. Uh, and it's not different than me. I was the same way, right? And they burn out quicker because they're trying so many things and trying to keep so many plates spinning when really, if you look at Jesus' model, what did he do? He just, he just went where people were and he walked all over the place. He was busy. Like, he's not lazy. He's not, not doing his job or not planning. You know, he does the things his boss asks and stuff. But but Jesus, he just went to be with people. You know, and I just think that's, um, it's, it's stated easy in conversations. It's hard as a 22-year-old to live out. Yeah. I, I can promise you, if there's one thing I've learned at this summit, is people don't care if you have a podcast. <laughs> As a matter of fact, we're probably being made fun of for having yeah, a podcast. Yeah, we're podcast. <laughs> well, you're skipping full time. People are like, why would you be doing that? Um, Drew, when you when you hear Chip talk, I mean, we, we kid around. It's one of my favorite things about Chip, so relational. You know, a giant that I've got to look up to my whole life that I can call a friend now really means a lot. But when you hear Chip talk like this what what are the thoughts going through your head you know uh what what what, are you, what do you think what comes to your mind when you hear what he has to say yeah honestly i feel like i remember um trying to do that <laughs> honestly um i think especially like when i was in my first like like me role um you know like it, it was part-time stuff you know and um you know i'm trying to work my butt off at my like corporate job and trying to figure it out and um and just like trying so many things and it was it's hard, you know, but the, um, the when I look back, like the best things out of those ministries were those relationships, you know, and, and uh, you know, as you know, I praise God, I had, you know, enough, you know, people around to speak into me that like, I did still focus on those things. It just wasn't like my whole focus, like now I wish it kind of was, you know, and so, um, but also it's, it's, um, it's a good, like, thing to think about too like even if you're thinking about a new position or yeah, if you're yeah. going somewhere new like man like I know that where I'm at right now it would not be the same if I did not focus on those relationships the most um, you know there were changes that like when I walked in the door literally like I, I signed my name on the paper and they were like we want you to make these changes <laughs> you know and I was yeah. like all right <laughs> and so so I mean that kind of made me look like I was on coming in here like busting down the door and stuff but um, but uh, but who cares? I mean, honestly, the relationships that that I made in those you know first like two years, especially like I wouldn't trade those for the world. You yeah. know, that's that's what made um, made it to where I am now. You know, which isn't like I'm not some uh, uh, amazing person. You know, whatever. But like um, the ministry that that God has has put in in place because of those relationships and because of like just the obedience and that like that I would never trade that for the world. You know? Um, going back down the first five-year journey, um, as Matt alluded to, it was a long time ago for me. I'm trying to remember um, those first five years of ministry and being young. And, you know, you guys hit the nail on the head. You think, I got this. We're going to go. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to get emotional because it was from a very um, uh, major point of pain coming off of the first five years, which would have been a year and a half at one place and three and a half at another that when I left, a lot of the students fell apart, like, like spiritually and like 
church anymore and this stuff, and it hurts so bad. And <clears throat> looking back, being real, I realized, man, as a leader, they look up to you, they like you, um, they think they need you, um, you, 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 and yet I had to look back and realize it's not about you at all. And for the first five years, I think I kind of made it more about, yeah, hang out with Nate and do good things. And because they wanted to play basketball, video games, whatever, they would hang out, do good things. But yet it was more about Nate and time with him rather than it was about bringing them to Jesus. And so, and they would pray prayers, you know, oh, they got saved, whatever. And then, who kind of realized maybe we left them hanging after that. And so the first five years for me was, man, you got to build teams. you got to be relational. Um, but it's not about you. It's about Jesus. Yeah, I sometimes miss those. My first two years, I see my first three years were my favorite years because I didn't know what I was doing. And so, you, you know, like I didn't have a great youth. Uh, I had we had volunteer youth pastors growing up so we didn't have this for me I didn't have this like ideal youth ministry I was going for and but I do I did um, it was just a really fun time and things but then then you know you do have to learn the hard way and you do have to learn to start building teams and and some of those ideas I think I think what I'm trying to I'm having a hard time processing what I'm thinking right now a little bit but I think eventually it I, I got too many things on too many spinning plates going and then I failed miserably like they things <laughs> yeah like things started falling apart or you know you try to go rent your first van you're not even old enough to rent the van and you're trying to figure it all out and you realize that they cared more about hanging out in the parking lot waiting for the van that your elder had to go get or whatever and that kind of thing so definitely relational but chip you obviously have a heart for interns but let's say you have that five year, you know, that you've made it to five years or you've made it through the fire and you've learned to get rid of some plates and or you've learned to kind of build your system or your teams around you to to you're kind of getting it. You found a rhythm. You think you're going to be a lifer in ministry. Chip, what is your thoughts on when is a leader ready to take on an intern? Like when is a leader ready to kind of take their ministry not only about what's happening on Sunday or Wednesday night, but trying to think a little bit beyond what's what for them. When do you think a leader is ready for an intern? Yeah, that's a really great question. I, I think my first answer to that is never. I don't think we're ever good enough, smart enough, we know enough that, okay, now I'm wiser than you and I can, I think that attitude of I'm ready and I'm gonna teach you is dangerous and hurtful. Um, and I probably did it all wrong. You know, my interns, uh, we were at a church where all our staff was leaving, but our church youth ministry was growing and we didn't have any money, uh, didn't have any youth budget money even, but I just felt this burden that God had given me to, to pour into someone else and to do for someone else what someone did for me. And I think that's when you're ready. When you're teachable uh, and you don't think you have it all figured out, but God just births within you this passion to do for somebody else what someone did for you or maybe what someone didn't do for you that would have been helpful if they yeah. had you know and so that passion was kind of burning in me and we brought in two nine-month interns and didn't pay them a dime oh because they wouldn't have any money and we'd have a youth budget and at one point more staff left and it was me and two youth interns on our whole staff and no oh one else gosh. left secretary gone senior pastor gone worship pastor gone church pastor gone everybody gone and it was just us and i remember thinking what have we done but <laughs> I just wanted to pour in and give to somebody else. Just come walk with me, and I don't have it all figured out. Mm -hmm. I don't know all the answers, but, but but maybe you could even help me, and I can learn from you. Uh, I think uh, when not to do it is when you think you're the expert, 
what not to do is when you think God hasn't stirred that within you. But if it is stirring within you, I think in some ways, whatever your profession is, you know, Scripture is pretty clear that we should reach down and pour into other people. Yeah. You know, Jesus had us three mm-hmm. that He constantly poured into, and 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 we should have. I can do three, but I can do one. You know, and I, I think whatever it is, you know, maybe you're an expert at mowing the lawn, or maybe you're an expert at business, or maybe you're an expert at, at baking cakes. Then bake a cake with someone else. Mow the lawn with someone else. You know, bring people along with you. And, you know, for interns, especially if you're in a ministry position, it has to line up, right? Your church has got to be behind it. You've got to you've got to stay in step with the people that God's been you know, has given to you, that he's entrusted you to follow. Uh, and so sometimes you personally might be ready and the church may not be ready. Or you may have to navigate it or set it up a little while longer. But in terms of when you're ready, I think that is more of a heart issue than it is a, a, a skill issue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Drew, um, you're, when did you realize that you were ready to maybe jump in as a, as a coach, what we call it Intern Academy, a coach, is just a non-for-profit or a pastor who's ready to take on an intern. When did you think that you were ready to take on a coach and why? Or I'm sorry, to be a coach for an intern and why? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think, I think legitimately it was more of an opportunity based thing um and actually like um so this is I, it's kind of a cool dynamic for me um because chip was literally my youth pastor you know? uh, so yeah. um so um and like honestly i'm just like uh, literally I, sitting here i am thinking so glad this. chip was not so, my youth pastor because well, it was nice not having that high of a bar set well, no, no, <laughs> well and that's the thing though is that like i'm really glad chip was my youth pastor i was so gonna say so Drew. like me and matt and drew, drew you never had that top dog youth pastor either so <laughs> 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 but, well, well, legitimately though, the, the lunch table is about to turn to a flip table. <laughs> well, le- legitimately though, like um, the reason, like legitimately, why I'm here is because of the investment that Chip put into me. Like, um, like I remember, like I don't even know why you did this, but like you took me on a uh, on a speaking opportunity at another state's youth convention and uh i remember sitting in a freaking airport like restaurant and just like drew what are you doing with your life like what do you want to do and i'm like oh, i don't know like i'm thinking about ministry but i'm thinking about these other things and i remember sitting there with you and you telling me like there's nothing if it's ministry there's nothing else like and just like knowing my heart and like i feel like in those moments i you could have you probably just saw right through me in those things <laughs> like but like um because that's definitely where my heart was you know and uh, and i actually the reason why i was like part-time for a little while is because i was like you know what i'm maybe i should go and like think about those things but now here i am you know and so um but like legitimately i think for me it was more the opportunity of like I have to do like it's not it's not just like a, I want to or I'm ready it was like I have to do this for someone else yeah. like I have to and like there's students that have been around me or in my ministry or just even young people that are younger than me but like it's not like I have it figured out like what you're talking about like I'm figuring it out just as much as anybody else you know it's like but um, but I can help them figure it out you know, and, um, and like what it looks like for them and what God's calling them to. And so it's like, it was literally just out of necessity of like, not only do like, I, you know, I want like community with people and like the connection and stuff, but it was just like, I have to do this for this person too. Yeah. Yeah, Nate, growing up, um, we both had volunteer youth leaders and they, they did the best they could. It was a good youth group experience for sure. 
but what ideas did you have about interns that changed because of Intern Academy? What what was something that kind of flipped for you meeting Chip, getting a part of the IA network that changed your thought process or preparation or having an intern um, intern underneath you as a coach? Yeah, so I think uh, the big flip for me was um, I'd always kind of uh, been that relational type youth pastor, you know, and, and through a lot of state ministries, so connected with a lot of groups from North and South, and it was actually pre-IA before I had any clue what IA was, um, by pouring into people just through student leadership teams and whatever, um, I remember a guy asked me, uh, he's about to graduate, he said, dude, I'm called to ministry. Now, side note, anytime a young person tells me they're called to ministry, I go, oh no, and they're like, what? I'm like, I freak out, because I'm like, get ready, <laughs> you know, that's a high hard calling um they're always shocked they're like wait what and um i remember we were at where we had our convention at great wolf lodge and we're at this lobby and i'm like no dude he's like what do you mean i said no it's awesome and he goes well man i feel called to ministry um could i do an internship at your church and i just remember being like no of course not like what could i have an intern like there's no way and then um by him coming and doing an internship and then meeting chip and and being a part of, I, I realized exactly what chip said earlier exactly what I try to still model is um, no we're none of us are ready none of us none of us can't so what flipped for me to then say wow you know I can do this if I will continue to be a sponge and if I will continue to learn and come to IE retreats and come to IE summits and listen to other people around me listen um, to what others have done then maybe we could do this and then once once some interns started coming and some things started happening you're just like okay God it's still about you um, I'm still learning and um, the, the impact this can have on not just our local church but to see them go out and, and be used in other places um, again like you said and then it's a point of well now I have to like like I would be going against God's word for me to not have interns at this point and it's not because I know what I'm doing but it's because so Chip, let's say it's a it's a youth guy, ministry person, maybe they're one year in, two years in, or 20 years in. When they're looking themselves in the mirror, what are the or what are the red flags that you notice when someone's talking to you about becoming a coach for IA that you're like, man, you need to check your heart in this area first before you're ready to take on an IA? What are the red flags that come up in conversations with people who might not be ready for an intern? Yeah, that's a great question. I think um, if it's somebody who wants to fix someone, mm. or somebody who wants to change someone, uh, they you know they uh, uh, they you know they don't like someone, they want to help something, or if somebody wants themselves to be someone, you know, when you are choosing the role of pouring into somebody else, you're letting them stand on your shoulders, which means they're in the spotlight. And so if a mentor comes to me and says, I want to help, you know, impact a lot of people for the kingdom, and you hear that about them, because I'm going to do this, because it's all about what I am going to do, I think they want to stand on the intern's shoulders and let the intern stand on their shoulders. And so I, I'm looking for those signs where it's less about them and more about the other. That's Then you know you got something. And if it's opposite of that, then you know you have a mess. Yeah, I think that's what the, the biggest thing I learned was I used to think I thought interns were just cheap labor. You know, they just come and they you, you tell them to go get your coffee or like because I just all have, my only examples were from movies, you know, and things like that. And when I remember talking with you and you were like, interns make your life like a little bit harder because you're pouring into them. That was a lot, a lot harder. <laughs> like it's more work. 
to have yeah. an intern. It is yeah, it's awesome. more work. It costs you more time, and they get you in more trouble. Yeah. You know, yeah. like they spend some of your ministry coins with other people in your ministry. Uh, but when they get it, oh, uh, come on, and then. Then something special happened. <laughs> then you pray for the money to hire them. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we're coming up to the end of the podcast already. Um, it flies by. Um, Drew, if you were to summarize this, conver- you know, that's how we end all our podcasts. What's your one minute summary of this conversation for you? From spinning too many plates to being ready for an intern to what did, what did you gain from this conversation? Yeah, I feel like honestly one of the things that, um, you know, while we've been here at Coaches Summit and talking about IA and all these things, um, one of the things that's like really prevalent um, even from what we were just talking about is um, that these relationships really matter, um, like on so many levels, like your, you know, your first five years, like what we were talking about earlier, or even just like um, with people that you want to invest in as an intern or, or even just other pastors that you need to connect with, um, your relationships matter. And so um, if you want to like go and, and you know, have you know, cool things come out of your ministry, even if it's not about you or if you just want to be able to like impact the kingdom and bring things to the kingdom, um, that's really what it's about. That's, that's what's going to you know, be um, your like, best course of action. But also like to know and just realize that like we have to make room for this next generation we have to we have to um help you know help them understand who they are and understand their calling understand those things like it's not like what chip was saying like it's not about changing people it's not about like making them what you think they're supposed to be it's about um you know helping train them and give them the things that god's put on you or do what someone has done for you for them um and and just doing it alongside someone else too you know and like um you know doing life and ministry that way um it's just something that um you know it's it's life-changing not just for them but for for you so um you know if you've never done that before if you've never poured into someone like that consider it find a way to do it find a way for it to make sense you know even if it's not a paid intern you know like a lot of the people that i've invested in i've literally had to send to freaking nate (laughs) Um, because i can't afford to pay them or i can't make the ministry you know budget for it or whatever you know but like but legit it's um it's a thing you know and we we have to do it we just have to do it Nate, what about you, man? And my takeaway is um, it, this whole conversation comes full circle, right? We talked about our first five years, like mistakes we made, things we learned. And then you look back and like my greatest regret to this day was not doing an internship myself because internships are a time to fail. They're a time to, and of course we still fail um, in ministry, but, um, but to give an intern an opportunity. If I'm willing to invest in this young leader and help develop them, then maybe their first paid position, because we know the crap we go through with boards and expectations and pressures man maybe I can point this young person and they are gonna fail and they're gonna make mistakes and I like that phrase used they're gonna you know take away some of our oops points you know or whatever but man if this could save them moving forward I think that's great and my last takeaway was I was so excited to introduce Chip as longtime friend longtime listener only to come to find out He's a longtime friend and going to be our first time listener <laughs> tonight. So, that was my takeaway. He's listening live. Right? Yeah, here's, the, here's the thing, Jeff. All you got to do is just subscribe. We don't care if you listen, actually. Just as subscribe. long as we can say it to our friends. Yeah. Oh, you don't subscribe? Chip Taylor does. Yeah. But, but to be real, though, this is not about listeners. No. Yeah. If you're listening to this, like I'm so glad that you are. This is, this is like literally, it's Drew for the point said. of you 
knowing like and just like being a part of this community because that's really what this is you know it's it's just us being real with each other and wanting to share it with someone else so that let, they can do the let, same. let me clarify it's not about gaming listeners oh. but it is about you that are listening <laughs> My takeaway, and Chip, you'll get the last say in this. Yeah, we don't trust me. We gotta lead pastor on this. I know we don't have time. Um, No, uh, this is the only place I get to make fun of lead pastors. Um, But this is what you know, Chip. uh, What I took away from this is when you said you're never ready, and I think for me understanding healthy is not trying to achieve something that's that's impossible for you to get at and just to have the 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 patience that ships had with me the conversations he's had with me the all those things he had with me and for for him to say that just shows me that i can do it and and the relationship and the time and and being big and a little bit more kingdom minded just really i always learn that i always learn something new from chip and thank you for saying that. So, Chip, what is your one-minute summary of your lunch table podcast? Well, I just want you to know this is my favorite podcast I've listened to today, man. This is my, this is my favorite one. Uh, I love what you guys are doing, man. I love hanging you. We laugh like this all the time. Do, like, that's what's yeah. so great about oh, it. And so, so proud of you, so creative in what you guys are doing. I think my encouragement to, to all of us is that uh, after doing ministry for you know, 28 years, my greatest joy is to watch a young leader, maybe someone you've interned or trained up as an intern, to go do it. Wow. Um, people always ask me, why do you do it? You know, and it's so much hard work. If you're doing it right, it's so much investment, and they spend a lot of your ministry coins and all the things that go with it. But when you have seen something in someone before they saw it themselves, mm. and you called it out in them, and you, they don't trust you, they're not sure, and they don't even see it. And then they say, okay, I'll follow you for a little bit. And you pour into them. And then you challenge them and give them chances to grow. And they fail and you teach. And then they succeed and you you talk about humility. And you walk with them and you implore in them. And you, you admonish them and you discipline them. And then they get to that place where they go do it. The joy that that brings is greater than any joy. And I'm in a place in the season of my, in my life right now where now I've done that for a few, and now they're doing it. And to, I'm like a grandparent and a great grandparent to some of these other interns, and I claim them as my own, and to watch them do it. The greatest kingdom impact we can have is not standing on a stage, it's not, it's not evangelizing millions, it's re- investing, it's pouring into one. Mm-hmm. That's the greatest kingdom impact we can have is to pour all you have into one and then see what God does with that. Chip, thank you for joining us at the lunch table. Don't forget to tip your host. (laughs) See you guys later.